Hello, and welcome to Whispers of Lunabelle Island. This is a horror show and may include subject matter that some listeners might find disturbing, including depictions of helplessness, drug use, and violence. If that all sounds good, then please join us. Because if these things don't scare you, then we might just discover something that does. Seaside Police Department, September 17th, 11.30 p.m. The precinct is quiet, despite the intense storm that is gripping the Oregon coastline. Detective Wainwright, coffee in hand, makes his way to the holding area to check on the woman that was found wandering the beach only a couple of hours prior. Rounding the corner and proceeding down the hall, he slows his pace as an acrid smell begins to cut through the air. As he reaches the front of Caroline's cell, he stops abruptly. The scene in front of the detective is gruesome, with a crimson red web of pulsating tissue partially covering the floors and walls. He takes a step back, dropping his coffee. Eddie! Eddie, get in here! Detective Wainwright slowly proceeds into the cell. His shoes squelch as he steps on one of the pools of sludge that is congealed on the floor. Something catches his eye on the wall in front of him. He pulls a small pen light from his jacket pocket and leaning in, a number of small but distinct nodules are visible across the wall. And as he slowly inches closer and closer, The nodule he is inspecting visibly shakes and swells into a pustule, and before he can react, violently bursts, sending a very small amount of this vile liquid across his face and into his mouth. He yells and jerks his head back from the wall. The central node resting on the cot quivers slightly. Officer Olsen comes running in. Detective Wainwright has exited the cell and is leaning on the opposite wall, desperately trying to spit out and remove as much of the fluid in his mouth as possible. Sarge, you okay? Eddie exclaims before gagging and covering his face with his arm. Detective Wainwright quickly uprights himself and places a napkin from his pocket over his mouth. I'm fine. Jesus Christ. Search every room. She couldn't have gone far. The next day, Detective James Wainwright stands in front of his bathroom mirror, brushing his teeth. The memory of what happened slowly fading to a fever dream, as a result of the gas leak at the precinct the night before. He shakes his head and continues brushing his teeth, but after a moment he lets out a short gasp as he feels a sharp stinging pain shoot through the side of his mouth. His toothbrush clatters into the sink, and he slowly places a finger into the corner of his mouth and pulls it to the side. His eyes widen at what he sees, as a small trickle of deep crimson blood runs down from his lip, and his hand begins twitching and twitching, twitching like the body of the Agent Stanley that lies before you. Agent Oakley, in the dead of night, 
in the middle of the cold woods. Why me? We failed. Because you're the only. Let's go home. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah. Obvi- I mean, obviously, in character, you guys don't know this, but it just gives some more context to the scene. One more weight. Um, so, yeah, last we left off, uh, you guys were carrying this body through the woods, and um, if I'm not mistaken, Ronnie, you tripped or a scorpion? I tripped, yeah. Yeah, Ronnie tripped, and you guys kind of lost uh, lost grasp of the body and maybe dropped your flashlights. But, um, Agent Oakley, you were wearing a pair of night vision goggles. Oh, so you're right? saying this is what I or like I'm seeing a transition that, that maybe they are not yeah well we're just transitioning back because uh, at the end of that episode you had noticed Maya had noticed that the body was like twitching slightly after it hit it had hit the ground right yeah so that's what I mean by transition like it's transitioning possibly. we have transitioned we have transitioned to the transition that is it we've transitioned from the transition currently <laughs> The current we're currently we're we're back in the woods and the body's on the ground and it's twitching a little bit and you're the only one that notices this because you rolled an alertness check. Yes, I understand that, but I feel okay. like the body is going through a transition. Like, I don't know of some kind. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So maybe. What are you guys doing? I mean, Ronnie, I'm uh, Scorp, moving... you're, you're picking picking yourself up off the ground, yeah. right? I'm moving back to pick the body back up again. But mine would not let you. Like, would it definitely just like. Not, try not to yell, but speak firmly and say, he's moving. What do you mean he's moving? Um, Maya will hand over the night vision. Well, you guys have flashlights, Or too. point, maybe just point the flashlight. I shine my flashlight on his face and look for, di- like, open his eye, look for dilation. Do I okay. s- I also just look to see if he's moving. Um, Scorpion, you did you guys have him? You had him wrapped in like a shower curtain or something, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I guess in that case, I'm not gonna unwrap him. I mean, if you wanted to, I don't know, depending on did you like tape him up or something or like because it might not no, be we too just difficult. like rolled him. Yeah, but Maya would, be too difficult would to... start unwrapping it. It's not enough to notice during the time that you were carrying him, but now that you look. You can see, yeah, every every couple of seconds, a digit twitches, his foot twitches, shoulder kind of spasms just slightly. But, um, Scorpion, you pull back the um, plastic wrap, the uh, shower curtain that's covering his face, and you can see, shining your light in there, his pupils don't necessarily react, but you do notice that the, uh, the bloodshot, like, veins and the veins crossing his eyes, they they have kind of started to pulsate regularly. Uh, Ronnie's like, he's dead, right? I don't know. She'll move up next to you and look to you. Um, fuck, man. And if I can do some sort of check to make sure I that he's dead. Ronnie, you have medicine, right? I have first aid. First aid. Hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm looking. I mean, I think first aid's enough to check forensics. <laughs> I'm just thinking first aid. Medicine is more like surgery. Yeah, but I'm more thinking like in the lines like you could be a really accomplished um, 
practitioner of first aid specifically, but maybe you haven't spent a whole lot of time around dead bodies necessarily. That's not really something that comes with... That comes in line with that, I, I guess. I'd have to disagree with that. I yeah, disagree. I mean, yeah, like, because I mean, if you know CPR, you would. One of the signs is to are working on a check dead body. for breathing. Yeah, sure. But I'm more thinking to like, like actual, like post mortem kind of stuff. Like, well, she's she. Well, oh, sure, well, but she's sh a short of doing. Yeah, and short of doing an autopsy. Like, yeah. okay. is is that part of your background? Is being an EMT firefighter? Yeah, kind of I'm a firefighter. I mean, it's a small okay. town, but I was. In that case, I would let you. What is your first aid skill? Seventy. Seventy. Okay, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and give that to you actually, because I think that makes sense with your background. Even though I maintain that I don't think first aid necessarily like makes you an expert in corpses, but uh, yeah, like I wouldn't necessarily know like how he died or something. Right. But I would advocate no. that she would know that if this is a corpse, there is a there is an <laughs> obvious difference between a dead person and someone who is still viable, alive. I guess. You could say. Right. Okay. Yeah, having Ronnie with your um, with your experience um, as a firefighter, you know that it's not abnormal for bodies. Maybe like the nervous system is still kind of active. You know, like spasms and twitches do happen. Um, as like rigor mortis sets in, but uh, this is a little bit more than that. This is a little bit. You've never seen something quite like this before. But I think he's dead. Are you? Um, you can check pulse. You can check the body temperature. Like, what are you doing specifically? Yeah, I mean, I'll do it. Just checking all the normal. Yeah, checking things. vitals. Okay. Um. Yeah, as you you reach down and kind of check, uh, Wes, what's that artery called in your neck? That's called your carotid artery. Yeah, you, you place two fingers along the carotid artery. And there is no pulse, but you do get kind of a tactile feedback from this weird rhythmic pulsating that Scorpion you see along the veins that are exposed under his skin. So there's something pulsating, but I can tell it's not his pulse? Yeah. It's very subtle, but it's there. What about, like, breath? Is there breathing? He, he's not breathing. He's also cold to the touch. Something ain't right here. This is this is wrong. I'm gonna pull out my zip ties and just like best I can kind of chain link them together to just kind of like basically tie him into the bag better. Could handcuff him with the zip ties too. We don't have time for this. We need to get this body out of here. We're in the woods. This won't take that long. I don't want this thing getting up and walking or turning into some congealed ball or I don't know. Fuck it. I'm going to draw my knife and sink it into his neck. Oh, okay. He's dead. That don't do any fucking thing. My as of now, thinks that like there's possibility that he might be alive. So this is fucked up. Gives me a little peace of mind. Okay. Uh, do you want me to roll something? I can roll something. <laughs> No, I don't think it's it's not moving. I don't think it would be too difficult for you to pull that off. Um, but also, should we do a sanity check if we're both thinking this isn't a normal thing? Well, actually, it? we should probably do a sanity check for inflicting violence. Yeah, you just... Well, yeah, you, you are inflicting violence. Yeah, you, <laughs> you're witnessing extreme violence. I'm going to look at the stars right to now. To a dead body? <laughs> yeah, Eli, this... You, don't, my, you this literally point, said something was wrong. Yeah, like, well, I, I don't... You it's don't, like he's... 
I, he's dead. I know that, but something's going on that's not normal. Mm. Okay, well, hold on a second. Everybody just chill for one moment. <laughs> um, Scorpion, you do this quickly. I'm assuming you do it more quickly than Ronnie could do anything with the zip I mean, ties. Or, yeah. yeah I'm probably still just like pulling out my zip ties and starting to chain link them or something. <laughs> sure. But yeah, at the same moment that your blade sinks into this thing's neck, and I say this thing because what remains in front of you appears to no longer be human, at least not entirely. Once this blade sinks into its neck, it quickly jumps, and a sharp intake of breath struggles its way past the knife that's pierced its throat. And Agent Stanley props himself up on one arm. This isn't right. Something's not right here. Scorpion and Oakley and Ronnie, take a minute to think about what you're going to do. Yep, because we're going to pan back over to the sheriff's office. Stop, back up again. stop telling the teacher about our homework, Latara. Oh, no, don't worry. I, was <laughs> I just want to know how Ronnie's going to react to this. Check here, so like it you're going to get it. It's fine. <laughs> I just like the idea of, like, there is no sanity checks, and you're all just sitting there just like, huh, that's weird. Yeah. Is Ronnie yeah. going to just, like, oh, freeze, or will she do something? <laughs> right. Okay. Um, Freddie, you were, you were knocking on the door, right? You were the one... It's you and Dan. You were knocking yeah, on the Dan door and the I sheriff's were office. Yeah, on the door. He had opened the door. Okay. So, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of wind it back just okay. uh, a second. But, yeah. yeah. <sighs> I feel like this music's not doing it for me right now. Can we get Cotton Eye Joe up here? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Cute. Okay. Uh, Freddie, you knocked <laughs> sharply on the door. Yes. Oh, excuse me. Let's hard to jam into Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, <"Ugh."> <laughs> 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 uh, That fucking that sip of you beer. Wanna, really, you want to die uh, or, or uh, something? I'm, just, like, I'm going sassy the light. <laughs> the Lord's <laughs> calling me home. Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> Dr. Greenwood, as you knock sharply on the door of the sheriff's office, you actually hear a dog begin to bark loudly oh. from, the up, from upstairs. And then you see the sheriff stumbling haphazardly through the dark of the first floor office, and he groggily opens the door. Your eyes meet his gaze as the lights flick on, and he looks tired, exhausted even. His eyes are glazed over, and you see the a hint of bloodshot veins running across the whites of his eyes. And they're mirrored by also the almost imperceptible web of small red veins running across his flushed skin. And after... A moment of silence between you two, he speaks up, seemingly barely conscious after being woken. Says, uh, Dr. Dr. Greenwood, what time is it? Sorry to wake you here, Sheriff, but uh, we have reports of a, a screaming woman north of here. You, uh, again? What do you mean again? More, hold on, one, one moment here. Come in, let me let me collect him myself. And he looks down and again to reiterate, he's wearing nothing but his boxers right now. Yeah. I'll, is I'll he, look hold over on. at Dan. Real quick. Oh, is he packing? Yo. No, he's the no, his boxers are the only thing he's wearing. No, no, no. Not a gun. No, I don't think he understood. Oh, pa- <laughs> I, no, I don't. What? Like a gun? Is he packing packing meat? 
He's packing a 22 caliber, it sounds like. No, he doesn't. I mean, he he, he might go make a sandwich or something, but like... <laughs> I just... I know, like some salami. I just would like a... Oh, oh, he's... Oh. He's got a salami. <laughs> he, he actually has a really tough time making the sandwich on account of his massive penis keeps getting in the way. But um, <laughs> yeah, in terms of meat, yeah, no, I don't know. Like, he, uh, he doesn't have any on him currently. Uh, good baloney. <laughs> But no, as soon as he says, like, come on in, I'm going to turn and look at Dan, and I'm going to give him, like, the, the look of, like, uh, keep your guard up. Dan's going to give you just a little nod. And, uh, oh, step inside. Okay. Yeah, as you guys enter, he stumbles back kind of towards the stairs and just yells, and Susie, you old broad, shut up. Hold on a second. And he goes and... <laughs> Kind of, he goes back upstairs and opens up the door in this old wobbly uh, golden like furred bloodhound Aww. comes stumbling down the stairs and after Susie ascertains that you guys are friends she comes up and gives you a big kiss Aww. I'm uh I'm going to pet the dog but I'm going to be careful not to bend over where Susie could get to my face cause <laughs> weird shit's happening sure yep uh and after the sheriff uh, disappears upstairs, he comes back down, fastening a belt, his duty belt, and uh, holding a radio. And he clicks it on and says, uh, Elwin, Elwin, come in. You there? And nothing but static on the other end. Says, I've been, I've been trying to reach Deputy Elwin all night. He went out to the Strickland estate on account of some kind of disturbance or distress. I think he described it as screaming. And Interesting. Yeah, and, and Dale has a, Dale McCready has a concerned look on his face now. Do you need some help, Sheriff? Do I? No. Uh, I need you to show me where you heard this screaming coming from. And he, uh, well, yeah, he says, have you, uh, maybe we should wake up uh, Nolan, have him come with us. Well, it, it's hard to tell because, you know, over at the, uh, the Dove Inn, um, what was Songbird. it called? The Songbird, Dongbird. Sorry, the Dove. It's yeah, not yeah. Dove, it's Dongbird. <laughs> oh, sorry, that's why. Sorry, uh, you know over at the Songbird Inn, that thing's in a little a little bit of a pocket of a clearing, so it very well could be the same screaming. But uh, uh, I would also I, I'd, mm-hmm. I'll reiter- reiterate, too, the wind has been kind of like picking up all night, and so it's yeah. there's like a bit of like a windstorm going on right now. So it very well could have been the same screaming. Uh, we just wanted to make sure someone was on it. Yeah, sure. Uh, if you uh, if you give me a moment to finish getting dressed, we can head up there together if you'd like. Up to the Strickland estate? Uh, uh, well, he, he was talking about the songbird. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, they'll be fine. Well, do you do you mention uh, that though? Because I mean, what he he did seem concerned about uh about Elwin. I, yeah, I would have been like up to the Strickland estate. Go find your boy if you want to. I suppose yeah. we could probably use Elwin, Elwin's backup on this if we have a more recent confirmation of any of that kind of screaming. And I, frankly, am a little concerned that I haven't heard from him all night. I don't know if his radio's busted. He could be in trouble, so. I'll tell you what, Sheriff. Head up there. We'll meet you there. Uh, we're going to go get the rest of our crew so that we know that we're still together and we're all we're all right. We just came ahead to to get you and, uh, and your deputy uh, all squared away, so. We'll meet you up at the Strickland Estate when we ha- when we get back together. Does that sound fair? Yeah, that sounds good. And if uh, if I can't, I'll wait for you at the front gate. Are you uh, you feeling okay, Sheriff? 
I, yeah, I've just been having trouble sleeping lately. How long has that been happening? Uh, about a week now, and honestly, it's... We don't have really time for a history lesson right now, but uh, a lot of us on the island share a similar illness on account of the cannery. Interesting. Is this something that me and my crew should be concerned about? Uh, it's it's something more concerned for the people that have, you know have lived on this island for a while that worked at the cannery that were around gotcha. when it was a problem. But we can we can discuss that more later if you'd like. Okay, I'll meet you up at the gate. If okay. you need to go in without it, without us, uh, just leave a note on your windshield. Well, and he uh, he turns his radio on too and just taps it and says, "Uh, why don't you keep it open on channel 14? I'll see if our radio can can keep it open on channel 14. Okay, Danny, let's go. And he, uh, yeah, he turns and says, come on, Susie, let's go. And he, um, straps on a, he straps on a bulletproof vest, which is, you barely even see him carrying a gun most times, so <laughs> he's clearly kind of concerned. We'll get into yeah, the, go. into the rig. I think go Dan, ahead. as he's walking out the door, uh, is going to turn around and be real careful, Dale. I don't know what the hell's going on out there, but it, it ain't right. You see something fucking weird. Get the hell out. I'd say the same to you folks. You got it. I'll nod at him and I'll get in the driver's seat. He, yeah, pops out, pops out of the house behind you guys, loads Susie up into his uh, Volkswagen bug, little makeshift police police cruiser. And um, after he fires up the engine, he kind of takes off down the road in the opposite direction, heading towards the Strickland estate. Well, look at Dan and go. Did you see his eyes? They looked a little fucking weird. I saw his veins too, but I don't know, man. He didn't have that uh, deeper than we think. They call it Rosalie, Rosasha. (laughs) He didn't have that yesterday. No, he didn't look like that at all. I think this is going deeper than we have anticipated. Be a lad, grab the case out of the back of the pickup truck, would you? I'm on it. Alright. Meanwhile, back in the middle of the woods. No, we're good. <laughs> Alright, never mind. They're fine. They did whatever they needed to do. So they went for a swim. Yeah, mission, 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 mission accomplished. Mystery solved. We've Fish and fixed mailed. it. <laughs> so, between the three of you, Maybe even despite how quickly some people would react, you all take a step back as this figure stands before you. It was just a corpse not ten seconds ago. Now is something else standing right in the middle. Why don't you all give me a little sanity check? Is there any chance that Maya could try to discern if if Stanley's even in there before going into a initiative? I mean, let's do the sanity check first. Okay. Get that out of the way. Because as far as you know, this is a person that's just come back to life from being dead. Mm-hmm. Wants to give you a hug. That's a 47 under 58 for Ronnie. Very nice. 84 over 39. Not as nice. Beautiful, Clark. 
I don't like that. I just saw Zane roll a dice. <laughs> 18 psychic damage. Oh, psychic damage. Layla, what'd you get? <laughs> I hope that. Oh, God. I. Damn it. Okay. So well. you rolled an 87? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least it wasn't well, an 88. Uh, yeah, it was very close to being even worse. Um, but yeah. Uh, I know there's different categories and stuff, too, for like how much something. And I always like. Um, the different categories isn't like. Oh, I see how much sanity loss or whatever. Right, because I'm just wondering how this would fit into those parameters. Can I give you like, a couple is... of examples? Yeah, yeah. Because this be would. Helpful. This is definitely something unnatural. It's definitely something unnatural. There's, I don't, on my little quick start guide, I don't have any unnatural. But just to give you like from helplessness is like finding a friend's remains is zero if you succeed, one d three if you lose, or um for like inflicting violence is like kill in self-defense is zero if you succeed or 1d4 mm -hmm. if you lose like it, it, d4 is pretty fucked up d6 is when t you get to like you know executing somebody or something like that's that that's kind of yeah because I'm just trying to decide like I, I would lean more on the d4 side for something like this because nothing incredibly fucked up has happened yet but this is still pretty weird Obviously, I would say at least a D4 in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Well, which is, I mean, which is great because you guys are only going to take one sanity damage. Um, Thank you. Yeah, but I think like the, I think mostly just because uh, maybe Maya, you're a little more steeled, um, considering that you sort of had like a nervous break earlier. You're a little more prepared. Maybe you're a little bit back in the saddle on um, considering what you went through in Big Timber. But I think uh, Scorpion, you specifically like this is your first time in the field and so i think that in a way you're sort of like just not like there's no way that this is a dead body that's just come back to life like there's got to be some logical explanation for this well, from it, a scientific perspective it's probably like looking at me with like my knife through its windpipe like just i imagine it plunged in and like stood up like i don't know that's scary as shit no it is you know, it's a little it's a little spoopy so one thing really quick, Maya. Scorpion, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna go first, but uh, every week it's just so unsettling to watch Latara try to quietly take a pull off a bottle of tequila. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do it every week. You have something That's to hide, true. Latara? Do we need to talk? <laughs> now she's just trying to be polite. Yeah. A polite alcoholic. <laughs> right. <laughs> um my, what's your what's your medicine skill? I know it's probably not super high. Zero. Is this okay? Real quick, is this uh, trying to like ascertain if there's a consciousness behind this? No, this is something really specific. Okay. Because of the night vision goggles that she's wearing. Ooh. Fuck it. Give me an give me an alertness check. Okay. Um, you want me to roll for it even more? <laughs> Getting ready to explode. You want me to roll? Yeah, or biology if you have it, but I, I I doubt that. I doubt that too. One second. He starts jerking biology. off in front of you. you That's not now, a skill. You now label him as a sexual it's, predator it's a and arrest him. Oh, I don't think I have any science. That's PC. That's PC. That's fine. Yeah, just give me a, give me an alertness roll. Eight thirty three. Ooh, yeah, that is a crit fail. <laughs> what's your yeah. What's your alertness? Twenty. Oh. Yeah. Dang. Okay, so. Calm. Don't. 
make fun of my alertness. I know you have a better <laughs> I, alertness. But I do not. No, actually, he does have alertness. <laughs> oh, well, then why are you like, Scorpion's, ooh? Scorpion's barely aware that this is even happening. I know. Right <laughs> no. Scorpion's like, like an hour ago, I was pounding shots with Dan. <laughs> oh, yeah, Dan, you're still like fucking, you're pretty much hungover now at this point. Um, whatever, we'll come back to that. Agent Oakley, you're, you're, struggling through the diminishing batteries of these night vision goggles to really like understand what the hell just happened and as you take a couple steps back sure enough the display goes dark and you can't see anything alright Scorp okay this thing is this thing is basically standing like is standing at this point it's shambling to its feet making some guttural groaning noises past the knife that's now lodged in its throat what are you doing? No guns. Keep this quiet. And I'm going to rush forward and tackle him and attempt to pin him on the ground. Okay. So, yeah, you rush forward and just pile into him with, you know, as much force as you can muster. And if I'm not mistaken, that's going to be a contested strength roll. Um, uh, it will be unarmed combat. Or, or unarmed combat. Yeah, and yeah. then you have the choice to fight back. So you can either fight. Uh, fight back or dodge. Well, actually, technically, you could try to disarm or pin uh, as well, but it will be opposed. You can choose melee weapons or unarmed combat. Right. But that will take uh, your action yeah. this turn. That would be your turn this round, if you do that. But it acts as sort of your almost like AC as for the entire round, if that makes sense. Right. So, and if it's a success under whatever, like, skill then it wouldn't we'll see it would just be we'll see it depends okay. on what we I just, i'm just wondering how yeah okay so if i, mean, I yeah. succeed if we both fail nothing happens if i succeed i pin him if we both succeed it depends on our dice okay <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> what'd you get buddy a zero a hundred i guess is it is zero, it, is zero triple zero. zeros that's a crit is triple zeros that's a crit that's fail, a fail. Okay, yep, that's yeah. script fail. It's and I rolled a 33 under 50, which is a critical success. Okay, so yeah. Um, Scorpion, thinking on your feet and reacting just on gut instinct, you go to tackle Stanley or whatever's left of him. And as you both crash to the ground, the hilt of the knife hits the ground as well and completely pierces his neck. And the groaning has stopped. Can I? Uh... And, he, and he's no longer moving. Holy shit. Can I add a little flavor here? Yeah, no, do your thing, because that was great. I think after losing that sanity and seeing this and just... I think in Scorpion's mind, it's it's a very binary thing of... Like, the reality we're living in and then whatever this unnatural thing is. And, you know, he's been through something minorly like this. And I think that sanity breaking just, like pumps him full of adrenaline and he rushes tackle shoulder first the knife lands and he just on top of this corpse is like bashing it with his fists like pounding on the head of this corpse and it's just even though he just told ronnie and maya you know be quiet it's just this rhythmic like boom boom until he is just out of breath yes ronnie i think after a moment, Ronnie will come up and just kind of like put her hand on his shoulder 
and be like, <laughs> he's done. He's done. <sighs> Fuck. He just holds his head down and his eyes closed for a second. Um, I don't... Agent Oakley, you definitely could have time to be responding to this too. I don't know if like Ronnie would have brought her forensic stuff with her or not. Like how big that is. It's if you if you have a backpack on you, I would say that you there's a fair argument to be made that you'd be carrying that with you. But she'd probably pull something out to be like, he may be contaminated with something, wipe off and toss it at uh, Scorpion. Maya is taking a uh, psychotherapy approach as well as just a human approach to try to comfort him in this moment and, sure, and, you, and knowing you, this is a big this is a life changing moment can I weasel my way in here again yeah I was just gonna say and like to flush that out Maya you know that like you'd be able to at least objectively determine you know this is really the first actual incident that Scorpion's been exposed to that kind of like confirms the existence of you know something potentially supernatural actually going on here Scorpion I know you've been exposed to that stuff before as well but this specifically is kind of maybe like what is making the making the context of this assignment like really clear and real your psychotherapy is super good right Maya yeah what is it 71 I think yeah, so I think that I is think super pretty good. That is super pretty good. I think one thing that you notice maybe more than Ronnie is panic. Like the adrenaline hit, violence, sure, but the underlying theme of it all was panic. Um, I think that Maya will just come up and direct and and like quick reassurance so before you even time, have time to really think to make sure that you're reassured in this situation and she'll just say um, you respond well and you did the right thing it's hard to do in these situations of the unknown but you did Agent Oakley why don't you go ahead and give me a psychotherapy roll Um, it's a goddamn okay. wolf again. The wolves. <laughs> They're after us. The wolves of Lunabelle Island. Zane, not to put more pressure on you, but if you don't edit the music perfectly for that joke to hit a couple episodes ago, I will hold <laughs> it against you forever. I'm going to go to my favorite website, freesound.org or .com or whatever, and find the worst, most obnoxious like facsimile of a wolf <laughs> uh, howl and oh. play it way too loud. Yeah. Buck. <laughs> That'd be terrifying, actually. If that was just like echoing around you in the dead of night in the middle yeah. of the woods. <laughs> by yourself. Uh, Would you roll ale? I got a 20. Nice. Under 71. Yep. Okay. Um, And you were going to be able to, to kind of put it in context to like, this is an area where my Oakley kind of shines, you know, especially like trauma response, I'm sure helping people navigate that but with that success i will definitely say that like scorpion you maybe are kind of like seeing agent oakley in the in a different frame of mind now where 
you were like you notice obviously she's able to provide this like kind of level of comfort or whatever but you really see like this comes from experience now too so whether or not you respect her a little bit more is up to you but you definitely can see like you can kind of see maybe like a little bit of her trauma too showing through and it kind of just builds that sense of camaraderie when i think in response to this he looks at maya as he's like kind of like hand shaking hits a cigarette out of the carton there's only a couple left at this point puts it in and he's like oh so it's psychiatrist then i mean no wonder yeah, it was so hard I'm... to figure out well i'm only human and i know what it's like to be in your situation right here I really appreciate it, but all due respect, you have no fucking idea. And he takes the wet wipe that, or I guess antiseptic wipe that Ronnie gave him, wraps it around the handle of his knife, puts his boot on the chest of this corpse and pulls it out. And it's like, we need to get going. There's something not right with this body. We should just get the sample now and dispose of it somehow, dig a hole... Maybe throw it off a cliff. Burn it. I'd say burn it, but that might draw attention. That's all right. Let's get it to where we were going to take it originally. Let's get it to that place. You two leave. I'll burn it, and I'll get out of there. I'm getting my sample now, and that's, I already have my forensics kit out, and I'm, like, taking a sample from it. I got my boot on his head, just, like, double making sure. (laughs) Even though... What kind of sample uh, are you taking? Uh, like a... Trying to get blood, I guess. Okay. Even though, um, Scorpion blew my off, she has a good enough skill to know that even though you're being, like, outwardly standoffish in your words, that she did help. And that's... Yeah. And I think... I think you... Like, just knowing with probably your uh, background in psychology and everything, like, that that was, you know, it's it's a trauma response that, while it, it's a wall, like a wall has been built and there's something it surrounds. And yeah, you do, I'm just, yeah. You, I, I'm sure you know it. It, do, it did help, like, because immediately after, it went from, like, a frantic state to, you know, doing something normal to him, smoking a cigarette. Yeah, I'm just saying that, like, the... The, I guess, um, the response didn't, sh- even though it was kind of shutting her down a little bit, she doesn't feel that way. Like, she's aware enough, self-aware enough to not take it that way. I don't know. I just want to make a point to say that. Well, yeah, because Maya would probably understand the way that people communicate when they're undergoing stress. Yeah. yeah. Of that nature. Um, Ronnie, yeah, you, you draw a pretty hefty vial of... Uh, well, and just to clarify... Yeah. I do put on gloves and I'm still wearing my mask that uh, Freddie gave right. me. And I'm aiming for where I saw the weird throbbing when I was checking him. Well, lucky for you, there's a big knife in there. <laughs> yeah. And to be clear, that, that sort of rhythmic pulsating was, there was no centralized location. It just kind of seemed to be over his whole body. But like, did it look like it was coming from like a blood vein? I mean, it's kind of hard to say specifically if it was coming from anywhere. I will try to get a sample of where I thought I saw that. 
Okay. But yeah, I mean, regardless, yeah, you, you draw a pretty hefty vial of blood. You get a pretty decent sample. And you do notice that, I'm assuming you have a flashlight kind of trained on what you're doing, is mm-hmm. that the blood is a brighter, much more like crimson red than is normal. Okay. And then I think... And you do, you, you do notice, too, that um, there is still sort of that rhythmic pulsing. I think uh, Ronnie will try to wrap the body up in a way that it's, like, sealed as much as she can. Sure, I mean, you got a good Using... chunk of plastic. If you want to spend, like, 20 minutes, like, building a body bag, you could do that. Yeah. I'm helping, too, for sure. Okay. And to be clear, are you guys doing this in a way that kind of restrains... Yeah, trying to, like, restrain, but also, like, keep fluids from coming out if I can. Sure. I mean, obviously, I don't have anything to, like, fully seal it, but using twist my zip tie or whatever to, like, pull it tight. I don't know. Okay. So, yeah, after 15 minutes or so, you get it. You get this, yeah, you get this corpse of Agent Stanley trussed up nice and good. And uh, you guys just continuing through the woods? Yeah. Are we... I know we're in the woods, like, in the same side slash area that the safe house was in, but we did say we were going to a closer building, so that wouldn't be anywhere near the cliff edge, right? Yeah, just depending on where you're going. I mean, there's, there's like, after you proceed a little bit further, there's going to be lots of houses because you're going to be in the, the residential area with all the abandoned buildings. Like, how much longer would it take to go to a cliff edge? Um, carrying a body between the two of you, probably like another two hours. Okay. We'll stick with the Scorps plan then. (laughs) Which is just dump it in a suitable building. Yep. Dump it in a suitable building and then they're going to go and after they have a head start, I'm going to burn it. I don't know why we would leave without you, but whatever. I'm stealthier than you guys. I mean, we're not going to leave without him, but move a little ways away. Sure. Yeah, and you guys are heading further west through the woods, keeping an eye out for any for the start of basically that neighborhood that you're looking for. Well, and um, sorry. Meanwhile, Bef- yeah. I guess as I'm wrapping up this body, Ronnie has some second guessing about burning a building. Uh, <laughs> well, these were like super run, run down too. Yeah, but it's in the middle of like a wooded forest. We'd be burning down the whole forest. We're not gonna burn. I mean, okay. as a firefighter, do I think he could do this without burning down the forest? <laughs> as a firefighter, I'm, you'd probably understand the, you know, dynamics of construction and thermodynamics and stuff to know that there's probably a way you could burn a body in a house if you really wanted to. I mean, we don't have to burn also, the house. I don't want to burn it in the forest and I don't right. want to uh, bury it. One uh, one point that's really definitely worth considering is that this is an ocean island in probably like September, really October in seaside. Like, that's what I was. Yeah, that, that those woods are not burning down from yeah. sparks that are going to be thrown. Yeah, Ronnie, you fire. know that the fire danger sign would be on low and green. Right now, so <laughs> also, I'm, I do want to remind you guys. His body in like, it's it says try clearing or something. I, yeah. wanna, <laughs> I don't know. If- I want to I want to remind you guys too that don't take the map that's on roll twenty like to scale this is a pretty big island so it depends it's up to you as characters and players to like determine what the risk level is on burning a body out in the open but this is a pretty densely wooded area too so just kind of you know take that for what it's worth as we're moving if i see a place that we could feasibly burn a body before we get to the houses 
I don't even know if we have the equipment to burn a body. I, Do we have? I got it. Okay. <laughs> then well, okay. I will suggest we stop and do it there. Sure. Well, you guys got a minute before you start coming to any building. So as you're moving through the woods towards that location, further west through the through the forest, we're going to pan back over to Dr. Greenwood and Daniel Durgan. What are you guys up to at this point? You've left the sheriff's office. He's torn ass out of town heading to uh, the estate. What are you guys doing exactly? I should probably headed toward the abandoned buildings that we yeah. knew that they were I would to. I would turn to Danny and I would say, so we already involved this Tanner guy and I'm inclined to let what? him be. Oh, Nolan? <laughs> what? Who? Not the Tanner the guy. Tanner Nolan guy. guy. <laughs> Sorry, Nolan. <laughs> Let me take that again. I'm involved. You're right. We got to get Tanner. Tanner. Out. We got to get him. We're going to let Tanner join the have show. You, We're fucked as What a nightmare. Also, have you always called him Danny? I feel like I'm totally thrown off. And I, I thought that was the first time, but it was cute. Yeah, I'm I don't. I'm not. I was like, not Danny, against let's it. Go. But I just yeah. like. Oh, I thought yeah. it was oh, just yeah, interesting. Yeah. yeah, we're friends. Oh. Hey, I I liked it. Don't make Wes feel judged. No, I was I, just okay. curious if that if that was happening this whole time, and I am just no. like didn't sense. realize. It he's reminds me. It, it was not. He's used to Ronnie called him Freddy, and yeah, Ronnie, Freddy, Ronnie. Danny. Yeah. yeah, It reminds me of when Dan called Scorpion Scorp in episode one. And he was like, "Don't call me Scorp," and then he did continue. Not. <laughs> yeah, okay, Scorp. even relent yeah, a little bit. Continue to call you Scorp. <laughs> Maya doesn't get one because oh. Maya E doesn't work, and there's nothing, no shortening of Maya. M. We'll just call you M. <laughs> Um, okay. So you guys are in the you guys are in the truck heading back yeah. towards the. Uh, I'd I'd look over to Dan and be like, I, I, I've already involved that hunter and I'm inclined to let him stay and sleep in if he's not awake already. But uh, do you think it's a a risk leaving him here? Should we tell him to go to the sheriff? I feel like we should just leave. Tell Nolan to go to the sheriff. Yes, that hunter dude, Nolan. Uh, maybe we could. Shit, I, I mean, feel like I don't know. You got a better read on him than I did. How do do you see him all right? When he started figuring out shit wasn't what it looks like, he seemed really antsy. I don't know. I just don't want him ending up in the middle of this. He was going to do it anyway, but nah. Hopefully, we can get this resolved without him being involved. One less person is probably what we need right now. Kind of thinking back on this too, Dr. Greenwood. Give me either an alertness or if you would like a biology roll. Okay. My alertness is 61, so I'll take that one. Okay. I got a 26. Under right. 61. So when you're thinking about your interaction earlier with Nolan Cooper and kind of trying to like remember his demeanor, his disposition, how he mm -hmm. looked, how he was behaving. You do realize that what you kind of wrote off is maybe this like subtle signs of, you know, a long life of maybe alcoholism or, you know, mm -hmm. some kind of substance abuse. You do realize like, oh, some of the characteristics that stood out to you about the sheriff with the bloodshot eyes and the fatigue also seemed mildly present in Nolan Cooper. Okay. I have a bad suspicion that we're going to have to do something drastic. Let's get back with our party. I'm going to turn on the truck and I'm going to start driving. Did you get that case out of the back? I did. And, uh... Open it up. Yeah, as Dan's opening the case, he's going to say, you know, uh, 
man, if this is if this is as deep as it looks like it might be, Stanley might have been right. We can figure that out later. Yeah. And the directives opens case from your handler kind of echo in your head too, and you do remember that primary objective with stuff like this is always to contain, secure, and dispose of any potential evidence. Meanwhile. Oh, I was going to actually ask a question. Wasn't there nope. a, uh, wasn't there like a sap phone in that uh, case or something like that? Yeah. That's Perfect. the case that he's opening. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay. In that case was just the, uh, it was the, the field analysis kit and mm -hmm. there was something that looked like a sap phone that I don't know if you guys ever really actually looked at. Well, wasn't it cool. what we were supposed to call them with when we had the objective? Yep. Hmm. Okay. Meanwhile, back at the western edge of the island, you guys are proceeding through the dark woods with this body, and you have started seeing some buildings approaching, just old abandoned two-story big family homes. What are you guys looking for specifically? Ronnie's looking for a place we could safely burn a body. Okay. There are, um, much give me an alertness. Or search, if you'd like. Search, search. Although technically, I think it would be alertness because search, I think, is a little more hands-on. That's why I gave you the option. I don't. I would argue against that because you are searching for something. Alertness is like catching something that would surprise you. Yeah, uh, I could see it going either way, I but I do think that Tanner is probably a little more. It's a little I mean, more like investigation in that other game. Roll history check to see if you can recall the map that you saw. Finding in, things in that are concealed or obscured from plain sight is search. You know what? Both of you are right. That can't be possible. There has to be a winner and a loser. And I will not accept any... And I am the loser. And I'll accept that. Right. That's very noble of you. Well, either way... I'd like a recount. On That's a 66, which is a crit fail. You should burn okay. it in that pile of cotton that is right to next town. to the gasoline farm. <laughs> um... I don't know, how, how do you crit fail looking for a house? I just give up on looking, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think, you're, you're, I think they all look like, like bad places that. to burn a body. I, I think you're looking, but yeah, just the, the, the idea of carrying something that was potentially in the position that it was just, you know, 30 minutes ago. And the broader implications of that, maybe that it was going to try to kill you or something is just really distracting to you, especially when it's you're holding it and running through the woods in the middle of the night, so I don't. I don't think you really can focus on much else. But um, Scorpion and Maya, you guys can totally be looking too. Nah. In fact, you're not carrying the body, Maya. So, do, is there something specific you would also like to be doing aside from that? Probably just trying to make sure that there isn't anything else weird going on. Like that, there could. I don't know. Looking out for other people, situations that might. Sure. Ours, you're just I keeping an eye on the horizon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, I think that with uh, Ronnie, with your crit fail, I think it's maybe like Scorpion. You're kind of having to pick up the slack a little bit of like keeping this body moving. So I think Maya, you're you're gonna have to give me an, an alertness or a search. Okay. Um, I'm gonna do search because it's at 22 for some reason. <laughs> nope. I got a 47. Okay. 
yeah, I think that you guys are getting into the you're getting into the thick of this like residential neighborhood, but I think just nothing is really standing out as looking like a good place to burn a body. Just no so houses. you can either you can either keep looking or you can compromise and we don't have time for this. It's now or never. This man now has knife wounds in his neck. We can keep going and toss him in the ocean. It'll wind up on shore in the morning. You lead the way, Scorpion. Here's fine. He drops a body. And uh, I imagine since we're carrying a body, I've made Maya carry my bag. So, turn to Maya. I'm like, get the bottle of uh, tequila out of my bag, please. Okay. She. Maya, as you're. Also, as you're digging through Scorpion's bag. You see the bottle of tequila, but, and Scorpion, correct me if I'm wrong, but also in this bag is the flare gun, or one of the flare guns that you purchased. It's also a little baggie of cocaine. Actually, that's, that's on my person. It's ba- it's ba- yeah, it's baking powder. It's just in case. I'm an avid baker. <laughs> <laughs> they they yeah. call me the master baker. <laughs> Why is it in a little one gram bag? Uh, I, I do what's called micro baking. You <laughs> 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 bake like little tiny cookies. This is baking soda from Colombia. It's uncut. <laughs> You're 100% uncut baking soda. It's barely any cocaine. But yeah, Maya, I'm assuming you hand him the bottled tequila. Yeah. Uh, now that we've dropped the body, Ronnie's just going to step back and let Scorpion take the lead on what he claims to be good at and just kind of watch to make sure that I think he's doing it as safe as possible. Scorpion unscrews the Hornitos, pops a cork out, takes a big pull of it, passes it to Ronnie. She'll take a big pull and hand it back. Passes it to Maya. All right, now that we're good and drunk, how are we going to burn this body? <laughs> <laughs> Maya, you drinking? Maya will take a sip. Yeah. Then he says, Sorry, buddy. And he dumps the bottle on the uh, corpse, on the shower curtain specifically. Um, surrounding it, and then takes a drag off his cigarette, flicks it on it. You guys should get out of here. I'll make sure this thing catches fire. I'll be right behind you. Alright, you guys leaving? I don't know. Maya's looking for a little bit of guidance, because she doesn't want to leave you here. There's, There's no one around. We can wait with you. If I get caught with a burning corpse, it's a shitty thing, but if we all three get caught, we get fucked. And so are your friends. She'll just, she'll nod and be like, we'll wait right over there. And like, move deeper into the woods, but not like, go away. Maya will follow Ronnie's lead. I wait for the corpse to catch fire, essentially. Well, and sure enough, as they're as they're walking away from this, you take a long drag off your cigarette to get the embers burning nice and hot, flick it over at the body, and when it makes contact, a shower of sparks kind of cascade across the surface of the shower curtain, and sure enough, a flame erupts pretty quickly and spreads across the body. 
And over the next couple minutes, as the plastic starts to melt, you notice his body started twitching and moving again. This is what I was afraid of. What? What's that? I missed it. I said, this is what I was afraid of, but I went too high pitch <laughs> and it like... And Discord was like, no way. No way yeah. that's a person's voice. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we'll, we'll, we'll see what, what Agent Oakley was afraid of next time. No. On Delta this 3. time. This time. Right this, now. Right, right. Absolutely now. <laughs> I'm not sleeping right yet. Now, you tell me a story. Thank you for listening to the Reroll Gaming Podcast. This actual play, Whispers of Lunabelle Island, is published by arrangement with the Delta Green Partnership. The intellectual property known as Delta Green is a trademark and copyright owned by the Delta Green Partnership, who has licensed its use here. The contents of this document are copyright Zangaring, excepting those elements that are components of the Delta Green intellectual property. Want to follow us on social media, listen to another episode, or send us hate mail? Check out our link tree for all our info. You can find that link in the episode description. Big thanks to Tabletop Audio for producing quality RPG music and ambiance that we can use in our games. The reroll main theme and all character themes are copyright Zane Gehring. The Chronicles of Rail theme and the Frequency theme are copyright Tanner Prentice. Please consider donating to our Patreon if you liked our content. We are hell-bent on making more, and with your support, we can make a lot more. New episodes of Whispers of Ludabelle Island release every Friday at 12 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. See you then.